0: skeptical about custom beauty honestly y'all I totally get it my feed is flooded with customized this and personalized that all promising you know to fix all of our beauty hair and skin problems truthfully I was so skeptical when I saw this brand but I'm a total believer now when pro says custom they actually mean it their products are no gimmicks and your formula couldn't exist without you they asked like
1: Yeah.
0: and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash Just Break Up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra Demolder,
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to tackle topics like when the love we have just won't disappear, when it feels like we don't have enough information... And throwing our self love out the window. Mm. But, right? But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not licensed mental health people. Right. We're not trained in anything except right. for hard knocks.
0: <laughs> oh my God, not even. <laughs> got it (laughs) Uh, sounds like you were like storing that one up for like months like waiting to (laughs) say that
1: literally it just (laughs) came to my head
0: yes so we are not professionals so our advice is just our opinion so please take it as you see fit this is your life your decisions Blah, blah, blah. We're just two strangers across the world. We are just here to offer our humble musings. So, hopefully, shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding, but mostly confusing experience that is love. So, Sam, our check in topic for today is actually our Patreon.
1: Oh, neat. <laughs> I love the Patreon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do too. Um, for We recently made some changes to our Patreon. Um, so we wanted to review them with everybody and maybe remind folks who don't know um, that we have a Patreon and what a Patreon is. So um, a Patreon or, or Patreon, the website, is a artist platform that allows you to support your favorite creator um, by subscribing at a monthly fee or at different levels for like a -hmm. small monthly fee, which depending on the creator gives you access to exclusive rewards and content and whatever. So Mm -hmm. um, it's a really amazing platform for folks like us um, because it allows us to Uh, create exclusive content and monetize that content in a field that is typically free like you're listening to this podcast right now for free which is amazing we love that our podcast is free for you to listen to but it's definitely not free for us to make so Mm -hmm. sam do you want to tell them what our first patreon subscription level is
1: yeah so um this might be familiar to you if you've listened to the podcast before (laughs) but uh if you subscribe at five dollars a month um sierra and i record a weekly episode and those episodes are tend to be less formal which is right. funny given how informal this podcast already is. Right right right. Um, <laughs> well you get a little more, back you know behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, a little behind the scenes action I think that's here and I um you know are more like open about some stuff on that. You know we are yeah. much more relaxed um Candid. we do answer letters which is great so people can still submit letters to the Patreon um, but sometimes we just talk about things that are on our mind or things that we're thinking about or going through. Um, it's much more of a Sam and Sierra shoot the shit about their lives type thing and less about sort of answering people's questions. Although we still do that. Yeah. Um, it's like a more personal glimpse into the types of conversations that's here. And I have off of the microphone. <laughs>
0: yes. And, uh, we do answer questions pretty regularly we'll give ourselves Mm -hmm. like a week off to talk about something we were processing or, or whatnot. Um, and when we are answering those questions, we pull them from a Patreon exclusive submission form. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, something that we like to promote for our Patreon is that you are, you have a higher chance of getting your letter answered because we're pulling from a smaller pool. If that makes sense. For sure. um, Ben, and I think of, like, I joke jokingly say this, but I think about the Patreon as, like, our safe space. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's so funny because Sam and I are so candid and so honest on these primary episodes. Um, but the Patreon feels, I guess the right word is intimate. It feels a little bit more intimate. Um, and I, I definitely think our patrons, our existing patrons would agree with us. Um, but so the second level that we ha- have just changed um, and added to this week is the $10 level if you subscribe for $10 you not only get access to the exclusive the extra exclusive episode um, and the backlog of all of those episodes and at that point it's like 100 episodes so if you're like caught up and you want more JBU content if you subscribe for just $5 a month I'm literally saying like $5 once <laughs> would give you access to Um, a hundred episodes, uh, of extra content, but, um, We also are going to start releasing a video of Sam and I recording that Patreon episode. For those of you who enjoy like a visual component to your podcast, we've seen that on the rise in the podcasting community, adding a visual component to it. Um, So we wanted to try it out. And so far, we've really loved it. and, And so have many of our patrons. So you can get exclusive video content of Sam and I shooting the shit on our exclusive Patreon episodes for just $10 a month plus... You get shouted out on a primary episode at $10 a month. Speaking of, we have to thank some of our amazing patrons for subscribing at $10 or more. Uh, First thank you goes to Kimberly Kane from San Francisco, California. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much to Tristan Richards from St. Cloud, Minnesota.
0: Holly Freeman from Locust Grove, Georgia. Thank you
1: rada from highland park new jersey thank you so much rada
0: thank you to angela sun from duluth georgia
1: thank you to madison ford from the void
0: thank you to payel nick from gainesville florida
1: thank you so much to chelsea harris from the void
0: and thank you so much to stephanie from the void
1: so that's our ten dollar level which we're super excited about starting um And then we also have a $50 level, which is if you pay us one time $50, you are guaranteed to get a response from me and Sierra to a question that you have. Right. Um, And that can either be on the Patreon episode itself. Or uh, we can also like record a private video for you to send to you as well. Yes. Um, and so that's if you have like a burning question like you yeah, need, need immediately, to be answered, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right? Right. You're like this week I need a guaranteed answer to this. Um, that's an option for you, too. And that's just $50 one time. Um And then you'll still get all of the other perks as well.
0: Right. Exactly. They all add on to each other. Um, And we do try to answer that $50 question if you subscribe at that level for one time uh, with a sense of immediacy. But give us like a week turnaround, depending on what Mm -hmm. day of the week you subscribe, (laughs) because we only record (laughs) twice during the week. Um, Right. But uh, yeah, so that's Patreon. Sam and I feel, and Spencer, of course, um, feel uh, deeply grateful for our patrons and for the platform form of Patreon. Spotify, our Spotify partnership has been great and really beneficial, and we're so happy to be um, on board with them. But Patreon is really where we make this podcast sustainable. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I said before, it's not free for us to make, but we love that it's free for you to listen to. Um, So if you like supporting our work, if you want us to keep giving this unqualified advice, it would mean the world to us if you would throw us a couple extra dollars every month or for one month or whatever, whatever. you're capable of giving right now um that's always an option for you and it's always always deeply appreciated by us
1: yeah absolutely i don't think our podcast would have lasted this long if it weren't for patreon (laughs)
0: absolutely not i know i can't believe we did it for so long without it
1: (laughs) i know but it really does it really does make it
0: sustainable sustainable That's for the word. me yeah. and
1: sierra to do this right like sierra is <laughs> self-employed y'all like <laughs> and this podcast needs to pay her for all of the time that she's working um and like patreon allows us to do that which is critically important for yeah. us
0: yeah yeah i totally agree um so thanks for listening to us check in about that and you can find all those rewards um access to that exclusive content including like over a hundred back episodes that you get access to at patreon.com Pod. Yeah. Just break up pod. (laughs) Okay. Let's get, let's get into our letters.
1: Let's do it.
0: All right. Our first letter is from C Anonymous, who is writing to us from The Void. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I recently made friends with a group of people that has given all of us so much life and love. With one in particular, Jay, there is such an intimate and intense and strong connection. We talk on the phone, FaceTime constantly, and have Zoom movie nights. I talk about them to my friends and family and get so much comfort from knowing that our friendship exists. I genuinely think of them as one of my truest and dearest friends. Although they are married, they always seem to have enough time to commit to our friendship, and it feels so validating to be given this space and time. They came to visit me recently, and after a week together, we realized that our intimate friendship was actually deep love for each other. I feel like I should have been feeling guilt and shame, but I would be lying if I didn't say that it was exciting and beautiful." We used our last two days letting ourselves feel the love we know we both have for each other. We spent hours in bed with wine and spaghetti, laughing, crying, playing, and having amazing sex. We provided support for each other uh, that we both so desperately need right now. We discussed reasons why we are proud of ourselves and proud of each other. We connected on an intellectual level unlike anyone I've ever been with. We felt ourselves falling more and more all weekend. And while it felt reckless, it also felt unstoppable. We also didn't shy away from talking about the facts. This was unsustainable and, frankly, not an accurate view of what dating or a relationship would even look like in real life. That it would end and that they would go home and that our friendship and memories of the weekend would be left. We hoped that when it was over, we would find comfort and solace in the fact that we have a fairy tale we can always go back to and read and reread and continue to live our own lives as before. Well, I don't know why either of us thought that would fucking work, lolol. (laughs) (laughs) We were both devastated, like sobbing on the shower floor in the morning, devastated. Our hearts ache for each other every single day, but we are both admitting to continue our lives with this hurt in our bodies. We try not to say things that feel too dangerous, like I miss you or I wish I was with you, but they come out sometimes. Carrying this around feels like a fucking Taylor Swift song and not in a quote, cute way. (laughs) Although we are doing a great job at communicating about our needs and feelings, we try to avoid discussing what it would look like to explore this relationship. We live in different cities, have vastly different goals and plans, and oh, they are also married. Although their marriage, I know, (laughs) I feel like that is like a sidebar, you know? (laughs) Although their marriage has hit a rough patch, I truly want them to succeed. (laughs) I'm going to. And do not want to come in the way of their love. We acknowledge that there is there are too many ifs in this equation, but always find ourselves coming back to the fact that the love we have won't just disappear. I can't help but dream about what it would be like to build a life with them. But that dream doesn't seem like it does Jay and I any good. I don't feel inspired to date right now, but I feel like if I'm not trying to find love, I'm waiting for J's. I feel like I'm waiting for something that may come too late or may never come at all. But what if it does? Mm. All right. See Anonymous. Thank you so much for writing and for listening to the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) This situation sucks.
1: Mm, It does. It really does. Yeah. In a lot of different ways. Yes. Um, It's really hard, and people are going to not like this that I'm going to say this, but oh God, I do I think it's really wait. hard. <laughs> it is really hard to be the person outside of the relationship that has the entanglement, as as <laughs> Jada Pinkett Smith would say. Um It is, it's really hard to oh be God, like, this person is. and I could be together and are together in a very sort of like intense way. Yes. And I know that I can never be with them because every day they're actively choosing to be with someone else, right? Like that. And
0: it's confusing because they're actively choosing to engage with me anyway. So it's total mixed signals. Yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think um, it's a really shitty place to be in, right? And I think, you know, there are, there are going to be people that say like, oh my God, no, never feel bad for somebody who's having an affair. But like, listen, remember, friends, we are all humans, and humans are messy, and we do things that we know are not good for us, and yet we do them anyway. And the the affection and love that we feel for people doesn't always respect the rules of, like, relationships and yeah. monogamy. Like, yeah. it's, that's, the feelings that C that has in this situation aren't just going to go away because this person is married, right? Like, and so I just want to say, like, I feel I feel that this is just such a challenging place for you to be in. And I feel that I can understand why this is like sobbing on the bathroom floor type of of pain that you're experiencing. Yeah,
0: I want to talk about the very, very real romance of the impossible or like of the, mm-hmm. the the person who is unattainable um, and I don't mean that in like we, we we definitely are capable of creating a fantasy of what we can't have but I'm talking about like the real intensity that comes from having feelings for somebody who is in another relationship or, or is unattainable for some reason and you two reciprocating those feelings at whatever capacity it the intensity knob is like t- cranked all the way up and there's a yeah, real sure. romance to it um and i don't know what it is what 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 part of our either social conditioning or our our brains or our bodies you know or our souls or whatever i don't know what makes that so intense and so there's a real romance to that you know like the what if um, mm-hmm. And and the bad timing and like, oh, are we meant to be together or whatever? There's a thrill to this bittersweet ache of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is just real. I just want to say that, like, I want to um, like make space for making smart ethical choices. But I also want right. to say sometimes these situations feel impossible <laughs> because sure. they feel so fucking intense.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like a double whammy, too, because it is long distance and you had like one wonderful week together and like the the thrill or like the, the magnification of feelings that also comes when it's like, oh, and we can't be together for this other reason, too. It's right. like there's just so many multiple reasons that like. And I don't know, like I would love to read a book about why this happens in our brains, because it it does like it just does i just like every person that i know who's had like an unrequited love who's either in another relationship or is like long distance and you like know it's never going to work it's like all they can think about like and i've had that too where it's like oh i'm obsessed with this person and i don't understand because all i can think about is that weekend we had together and i like think about them all the time i like want to text them all the time i keep like waiting it's like I don't know if like everyone's anxious attachment style gets triggered (laughs) when distance or like another relationship is involved. But like, if there's a book out there that, that has been written about this phenomenon, please send it to me because I am so interested in what our brains do. I just
0: had an epiphany. It's, we, you know we we get so many letters and we ask ourselves too, like, why did we stay so long in toxic relationships? You know, hmm. like that's like the mm-hmm. most reoccurring question we get, I think, and you and I've asked ourselves that too, about our own relationships. For and sure. we always talk about the peaks and valleys in those toxic or abusive relationships, like the peaks of their of their affection of their approval and then the the lows when they are disappointed or they shame you or they gaslight you or whatever. And then their Mm -hmm. affection again, it's like, Oh my God, literally these unrequited relationships or these, Uh, never could be but maybe could be relationships they mimic the same highs and lows because you have the peaks of of being in love like let's face it falling in Mm -hmm. love having affection having an intense crush whatever you want to say has a physical impact on you do you know what i mean like you you feel the joys of love whether you want to or not And then you Mm -hmm. have the lows of reality, the low, the anxiety of knowing that he's married, the anxiety of feeling like there's long distance, we've got different life goals. But then there's the peak again of, oh my God, but our sex was awesome. And I felt so seen, but then I'm like, well, maybe he's doing the same for his wife or, you know, like it's mimicking the same thing. So no wonder why we get stuck in these, in these situations or these, these thought patterns. Um, because it keeps reeling us back in with the good feelings.
1: <laughs> no, that's real. It's like it's uh, like an addiction. Yes, totally. You're always sort of chasing that high, um, even though, even if you know that high isn't actually going to exist.
0: Right, <laughs> like, right, totally.
1: So, see, let's yeah. talk to you yeah. about how this is playing out in your life specifically, um, and. Again, I th- I know that this is a really challenging place to be and that it feels like a fucking Taylor Swift song, but like not in a cute way. Right. Where it feels like it feels like your heart is doing things that your brain is like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> like feels like your heart is in the driver's seat. Um, and I think that one of the things that you're going to have to do is like is take that heart out of the driver's seat in the situation and put your head back in because yeah, hearts in timeout. your heart right now is like leading you to do things that you know are hurting you and that are hurting J2, right? Because you, at this point, right, with the facts on the ground, you cannot be together because they are with their partner and they're at this point committed to being in that partnership with, with their partner. So what are the things that you have to say to yourself to remind yourself Of what is actually true on the ground, like in this present reality, not the what ifs, not the imaginations of that perfect weekend and what those what it could be like to be in that perfect weekend for forever. But reminding yourself of this person is choosing to be with another person, right? This person is not choosing to be with me. (laughs) And I deserve more than just one weekend with this person and then, like breadcrumbs and texting and all of this, this stuff. I deserve someone who can be fully present for me and with me.
0: Yeah, I would also think of it like so often in these situations, we put people on pedestals, whether they deserve mm-hmm. it or not. This, these, uh, you know, sure. these people that we can't have or whatever. Um, and I'm not saying that this person doesn't. I'm not saying that that they're not an amazing person. But I would mm-hmm. try. In if this was me in this situation, I would tr- try to remind myself. And I'm going to say this in like a blunt way, and I don't, I don't mean it to sound cruel, and it's not. <laughs> but uh, this Jay isn't special. The connection feels special, but Jay mm. is. Jay's ability to make you feel seen, heard, great sex, all of those things. Um, there are people out there who are great in the bed, who who are great, um, you know, compassionate listeners, uh, will have great emotional intelligence, who will be able to connect with you, who are single. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that Jay isn't special, even though I literally just did. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, when I'm trying to get my heart out of um, the driver's seat, I try to tell myself um, that what I feel for them isn't a one-time experience. And, in fact, I could feel it even more deeply with someone who was around all the time, with someone who was available, Mm -hmm. you know. And I know this is all... very d- difficult, you know, it's really hard to argue sure. with your heart. Um, and we all know that like feeling love, being in love doesn't automatically mean healthy love, that there are so many right. manifestations of unhealthy love. So really, I would say to you, see, like, if this is real love, real as in stable and healthy, mm-hmm. then Give Jay an ultimatum. And I don't mean an ultimatum in like an intense and cruel way. It's not like you don't understand their situation. You obviously understand it because you are consensually participating in it. Right. Right. But Mm -hmm. you can give Jay an ultimatum and say, listen, I feel so deeply connected to you. And I'm so grateful for that, that we met but this is obviously not sustainable for either of us. It's not healthy Mm -hmm. for either of us, even if it feels good sometimes. And if you, if you don't want to be with me, then, then I got to let you go. I mean, it's just simple as that. Like if you don't want to be with me, then I'm going to move on. But if you do want to be with me, I can be patient. If you actively make choices (laughs) to Mm -hmm. move towards being with me. And I mean, actively like, Yep. N- no, no long timelines.
1: Mm-mm. Short timeline on that Short one, timeline. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and I absolutely agree with that. And you, you talk about in your letter, you know, you're, that you're doing a good job of communicating your needs and feelings, but that you don't talk about the future of this relationship and you try not to say things like I miss you and I wish I was with you. Yeah. Which is like, I want you, I say that explicitly to see, to like put it all out there and say like, do you understand that those are two opposite things that are happening, right? <laughs> right? Like right. you are not actually communicating your feelings and needs. You are like w- intentionally withholding them right? because you know it's a dangerous place to go, right? right. And I, re- Reasonable. I have yep. mad respect for, for you for that, right? Like trying to stay away from things that you know are not going to be fruitful for you but you're in a relationship that is with this person that is fundamentally not about your needs and not about your feelings, right? It's about some of your feelings, right. right? It's about the intense longing that you both have for each other, but it's not about you as a full human, which is about which is someone who needs to be with someone who wants to be with them, right? Yes. Who is someone who needs to have someone who wants to talk about the future of their relationship that wants to do active things to be in partnership with you. And so It may feel like you're being totally authentically yourself and this person sees you in ways that you haven't been seen before. But again, this person isn't seeing the full you because you are intentionally withholding this stuff.
0: Whoa! I think (laughs) you need to pause and unpack that for a second, because I just had like universes blown in my mind thinking about all the situations in my life. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you are dropping gems of knowledge and we have to unpack them. Um situations in my life in all of the letters that we read about people who feel an intense connection to someone but that intensity that that you know and they always write I feel so seen and understood by them (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like that's like the mo right and I think about like my unrequited uh love from when I was you know a decade plus ago I felt like we were kindred souls, right? Like that we were, that we were soulmates from a, from a different time and that nobody understood me like he did, except for I would curate my behavior and my needs from him to best suit him. <laughs> like, and I was like, oh my huh? God, but he knows me so well.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm just thinking about right? all the situations in which we claim authenticity And, and, but
1: Mm -hmm.
0: intentionally limit the parts of ourselves that we let people see.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Which isn't a bad thing. I, you know, like, cause I think, I just want to say really quickly that like, I think the pressure to be authentic all the time, capital A authentic, I am my whole self all the time. That's, that's like weird capitalistic pressure we put on ourselves. We're just not authentic all the time. We can't be our whole self around everyone,
1: but that's fine.
0: In this context of an intimate relationship, I just love what you said. Sorry. Continue.
1: <laughs> no, I don't even remember where I was going, but I'm glad <laughs> yeah, that I'm we stopped really to talk there. No, but it's, I think it is like a, a faux vulnerability that you're sort of relishing here, Whoa, right? Because to yeah. be actually vulnerable would to say like, I'm really unhappy with this and I need something different from you.
0: We're both hurting. How can we make mm-hmm. this hurt go away?
1: <laughs> right. And for me, this is like a shit or get off the pot situation. Exactly what Sierra said. Of Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what in my that, grandpa always in this used to case, say. <laughs> is she the toilet or <laughs> like I'm not no,
1: really
0: comfortable the with You either need to shit this.
1: or get off the pot. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, one yeah. of the two. Yeah. And it needs either needs to be like this in between space that you are in is not sustainable for either of you. Yes. And pretending like it is sustainable is not working either. So it either needs to be like a okay, we can't be in each other's lives anymore because this is causing us so much pain, or we need to figure out a way that we can actively be together because this in between isn't working, and that sucks. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to like belittle that and say like just do this thing; it's super easy. It this is such a painful place to be in because there are no really good options, right? Yeah, it's either. You figure out this thing that doesn't seem like it's going to work because of all of the reasons that you listed or you figure out how you put boundaries and space between you, this person. And by boundaries and I space, I mean, like, stop talking to this person. Yeah, black
0: them. Right.
1: Because, like, this is not a sustainable place for you to be in. And you deserve more than you deserve sustainability. You deserve to have someone who's going to be in your life and match you on the intellectual level and eat spaghetti and wine in bed with you, which, like, let's talk about that because, like, that. (laughs) Stains, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm so glad you said something because I was like, "Is it red wine? Oh my God!" <laughs>
1: right? Like, ooh, I'm so nervous. What color are your bed sheets? Um,
0: like you deserve that.
1: You deserve that every weekend, right? Like yes. you deserve that more often than just like this one time, and then like a lifetime of sad text messages, right? right? Like right. you. I know it feels like this is so amazing and so fulfilling, but it's, it's an empty type of high, right? Mm. It is not like, it is not a nutritious meal. It is like, a thing of Doritos mm, right like mm,
0: love which Doritos. no offense like I love
1: Doritos I literally yeah. have a bag I had, like a There's literally like bowl. a chemical
0: in them that makes you feel <laughs> like these are awesome <laughs>
1: and yeah, exactly, yeah, obviously like... <laughs> Jay has
0: the same chemical so <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly and I, and you like you deserve a fully nutritious meal and not just like a bowl of Doritos every month or whatever. Yeah
0: I, I just had this revelation too this is this full of you know subpar revelations from me um <laughs> But like in the, in this situation, I think the last thing I wanted to do when I was like in love with somebody who didn't want to be with me or, or into somebody who was in a relationship, the last thing I really wanted to do was speak honestly to myself, <laughs> everything I, oh, you, you know what I mean? How we resist <laughs> telling ourselves as it is. And we, we squash that inner intuition that we have. For the sake of responding to their text message or, Mm -hmm. or being intimate with them when we know it's not ultimately the best thing for us, you know, or, or whatever, um, crossing those boundaries for the sake of getting something from them instead of nothing, instead of actually saying, you know what, I'm good with nothing. And so my Mm -hmm. homework for you, my darling C anonymous, um, who I love and respect, like I, I have, there's no shame in this situation. Been there, done that. Okay. Absolutely. Um, But my homework for you is to say, I'm in love with a married person. I'm in love Mm -hmm. with a married person and this sucks. It sucks and it's impossible. I'm in love with a married person and I need to find a way to move forward. And I don't mean... Waiting on Jay, even though Jay might be able to get their act together or not, excuse me, not act together, but like Jay might be able to prioritize their life in a way that best reflects your part, your potential partnership or whatever. But I think what's best right now is for you to focus on yourself. um, And what does it look like to deal with the reality, honestly and openly, that you're in love with a married person? You know what it looks like? Mm not talking to that married person. Um, And I I don't even mean that as a joke, but like sitting with that reality, be like, wow, this is a dead end for me. It's a dead end that I'm, that I'm like planting flowers around, you know, hoping that it turns Mm -hmm. into like this beautiful journey when it's, it's just not right now. Yeah. Got to face that I would say that it's not even
1: like, it's a dead end that your heart is driving directly towards and you need to (laughs) stop (laughs) and like, Turn around and <sighs> yeah. find a different path because like this is not this is either going to end. No, let me say this. The way that this is going right now is going to end poorly. Yeah.
0: yeah. Right? yeah, like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah it's yeah. it's going to end badly. I don't know what it's going to look like, but it's not going to go well. Yeah. So you either need to you need to find a different path to be on. And that is either being really upfront about your emotions and making some hard asks for what you need. Right. Or. It's by saying, doing what you need, which is to say, like, I can't be in this in-between space anymore. I can't be careening towards this dead end. Right. Because I know it's not going to work for me and it's not going to work for you either. Right.
0: All right, see, we know this is all chock <clears throat> filled with um kind of a little bit of tough love, but only because we know you're in such a shitty situation that you got to hear it. Um, we mm-hmm. love you and we thank you for listening and we hope to helps. Thank you so
1: much. We love you. All right. Our next letter comes from Eponine's gay best friend, which I love, (laughs) who is writing from the void. Hi, hi. First off, I want to say I love y'all and the podcast. This podcast has not only helped me with my romantic life and understanding of healthy love, but also growing my relationships with family and friends. I also try to make the five cishet guy friends in my life listen to it because we know they need it. So thank you, babes. So I am a 25-year-old queer man, and I am looking for advice on how to navigate a friendship relationship with someone who just came out and that has some fun nuance. I feel very confident in my queerness, although I have never been in a relationship. This is mostly due to me being a bit slow to open my heart. Coming from a conservative Catholic family in the South is a gift that just keeps on giving. (laughs) Yeehaw, amen. (laughs) However, in the entanglements that I have found myself in, they all end with a similar theme of me being the one holding on to unrequited love. Some of these hurt more than the others, especially when the person I was with hadn't fully figured out their sexuality, which led to some abrupt dumps and suffering in silence due to not, waiting to out, not wanting to out the person. This made me decide that it would probably be better for me to only date men who were out loud and proud. And since then, I have been growing a lot, learning how to love queerness more than just loving men.
0: I love that.
1: Yeah, no, me too. I And I know there is a moment, at least there was for me, where that was a very, like a point in time where I was like, oh, I need to be doing this now. <laughs> I love that. And when I finally got to a bigger city, I was out of the quantum world of entanglements and into the classical with actually learning how to go on dates and solving many body problems. Lol, sorry, science joke. I understood approximately zero of those <laughs> words. <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> Great. But then COVID hit. And you think after I got only... any that? No. <laughs> no, I was, I was like, I understand the word quantum, but... I don't yeah, know what like it means. Yeah, like as in
0: like really big leap.
1: <laughs> yeah, quantum leap. Exactly. Starting Scott Bakula. Okay. But then COVID hit after only a few months. Womp womp. However, this got me reconnected to some friends. This one friend in particular, Adam, he, him, started wanting to talk to me weekly. We had been good friends in college and he seemed a little lonely, so I didn't think much about it. At the time, he was living pretty far from me and the rest of his friends. Also, he had just ended a long-term relationship with his girlfriend, So we talked about love and relationships a lot. Eventually he started being a little bit more flirty and doing stuff like getting jokingly mad when I wouldn't say, when I would say I wouldn't want to date men with a nut allergy. He has a peanut allergy. FaceTiming me in his underwear in in his bed. (laughs) Right. I love that. (laughs) Sorry. It's a very specific joke. And I like that about it. Uh, FaceTiming me in his underwear in his bed or saying, I love you when we hang up since apparently he likes doing that with all of his friends. To my knowledge, this man was straight. So at the time, I just took this as pent-up COVID horniness. I mean, I definitely had an attraction to him, so I didn't mind the flirty vibes, but it was nothing serious. However, after a few months of talking regularly, he comes out to me as gay queer. My head is flooded with a surge of emotions. I'm excited for him, and we talk for a while, but then I awkwardly think out loud that I am not sure if I have feelings for him now or not. I don't even give him the time to really respond because I quickly try and change the subject since I had said it more by accident. And we don't talk about it again. Flash forward a few months of continued weekly calls. I have enjoyed helping him come into his newly claimed queer identity as well as his flirty attention. To some extent, I still ignore it as something playful. I encourage him to go on dating apps and talk to guys around him, but he always tells me that he's not interested. He keeps asking when I will visit him so we could spend some time together. He lives close to my family, so I decided that I will drive home for the holidays and visit him in addition. And to be honest, I was excited at the thought of spending a few days with him at his apartment. At this point, I have definitely started to have more feelings for him, which honestly surprised me since I don't see us being romantically compatible. I blame COVID horniness and daddy issues. When we actually get to meet up, it's a bit of a mess. Basically, on the second night when we were cuddling in his bed, I built up the courage to ask him if he wanted to kiss or make out. He politely and a bit awkwardly says no. A bit disappointed, I apologize and then move to my side of the bed and nothing else happens. To be honest, this hurt more than I expected. I'm not sure if it was the lack of physical touch from COVID, the old wounds from previously unrequited love, or some other trauma bubbling up, but it hurt. Mm. I really should have left the next morning just to give myself space, but I stayed for two more days. Just before I had to leave, he starts saying that he felt bad, that I got the wrong impression about what the visit was for. I told him that I just felt a bit confused, but that rejection is just a part of life and it's ultimately fine. I told him that I am going to need some space, to which he looked a bit crestfallen. I tell him I'm not sure how long I need, but that I still care care deeply about him as a friend. The sad part is that the more distance I got from him, the more it hurt. The more I realized how much I felt for him and how much that rejection affected me. I still feel really confused about the whole thing, partly because of the weird mixed signals from him, but another part because we didn't have enough time to talk about it and how little he said about how he was feeling. I know he cares for me, but I am not sure in what way. From something, from some things he said in the past, I know he isn't always the most sexual person. Did I just push too far and freak him out? Was he looking for a queer friend to talk to stuff about? The nervous part of my brain thinks that there is something else and that I am just going to end up holding unrequited love in my heart. I still haven't talked to him since that, beyond a quick wellness check during a natural disaster. I've decided that I want to wait six months before talking to him again. I just need the space to clear my head and work on myself. But what do I do after? Do I just wait to go back to friendship and see if the feelings return? Do I block him and tell myself that I can't focus on men who don't know what they want? Do I take a playbook from Sierra's Bleeding Heart Handbook and pull a whole Hail Mary where I confess all of my feelings to him and let him decide what's uh, next? I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> or do I just feel this way because I got rejected and my brain is being obsessive? Hmm. And is he still and is he is still coming to terms with who he is? So do I just need to chill the fuck out? Basically, at times I feel like I don't have enough information about what happened or how to decide what to do. Or maybe something good could just come if we were both honest about where we were. God, sometimes I wish I was a bird so I could have a compass in my head to tell me which way to go. Anyway, any guidance for this gay tornado that loves you would be greatly appreciated.
0: Oh, my gosh. Adorable. Okay, my darling, uh, before we talk to you directly, I'm going to edumacate Sam on some things I read on the internet. (laughs)
1: Oh, about quantum physics, no, 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 <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs>
0: um so in prepar- in preparing for this episode i and thinking about this letter, I was thinking about like why the fuck rejection is one of the hardest things that we ever experience, you know i I was mm-hmm. like, I thought to myself as a typical millennial, like. There has to be information out there about about why (laughs) rejection sucks so hard. So I went to Google. And um, now this is from like a Psychology Today article. And I didn't actually read the studies that the article referenced. So keep in mind that the internet can be sketchy. And I'm honestly doing the most millennial thing, which is like...
1: (laughs) know, using Googling it and then not looking any yeah, further yeah, than the yeah, first yeah. thing exactly. that pops up. Yeah, but get,
0: this makes so much sense to me. So please, God, be right. <laughs> be correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was basically an article about like why rejection is so difficult. Um, and the first thing they shared was that um, fMRI studies show that the same areas of the brain become activated when we experience rejections as when we experience physical pain. Mm-hmm. And that makes so, so much sense to me because mm-hmm. there, there feels like even heartbreak, which I you feel in your heart, right? Like your, your body like aches, right? When you're so heartbroken, but there is, there is something about the physical pain that comes with the rejection. And they said that this, like neurologically speaking, um, our, rejection hurts us physically so much that our brains respond to things like Tylenol when we when we are experiencing rejection studies show that you can actually take Tylenol and it will like lessen the fucking sensation because it's the same pathway or like piggybacks along the same pathway okay. Wild.
1: Who needs us? Yeah. Just take time all. Yeah. Like, but
0: that is like so not who I am, but yes. Um, uh, another thing, we, another reason why rejection is particularly painful that makes a lot of sense is like you can relive emotional and social pain much more vividly than like physical pain so if you think about like when you broke your leg or you stubbed your toe you can be like oh yeah that hurt but you don't recall the physical mm-hmm. sensations in the same way that you do when you recall someone being like i don't think you're attractive or i don't love you anymore like that pain mm. is forever whereas mm-hmm. physical pain we can't there's not as much of a recall And then the last thing I thought was really interesting, the article went on, but these are three things that I pulled from it um, that I was fascinated by. Uh, Rejection doesn't respond to reason in that in certain studies, like participants were basically, this sounds like human torture, but they were were put through experience where they were rejected by, they were rejected by strangers and that that... (laughs) Sam's face this is one video content of our podcast (laughs) um uh, but that to be rejected by a stranger is just as painful um or and 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 more importantly like illogical um because we don't even care if they're like if we don't know them or they're a bad person Mm -hmm. or whatever we feel this physical pain of rejection so much even if they're strangers fascinating right yeah this just proves like our brains our brains are doing so much that we don't even we think we're like in control and we're like heavily evolved creatures
1: (laughs) for sure we're never in control yeah um and this isn't even about you Eponine, but we'll get back to that but just like (laughs) theoretically speaking too then it also makes it really hard too because if like we were our rejection by strangers is physically painful to us then like the, our brains immediately go to, okay, well then I have to get that person to not reject me. <laughs>
0: yes, exactly. That's another, uh, later in my notes, I say to our dear letter writer, like we, the move that we mentally make after rejection, even if it is illogical, is often now I have to prove that I am desirable mm-hmm. <laughs> to the person who yep. does not desire me. Um For sure. Yeah. Anyway, you know, so let's, move to our letter writer i guess (laughs) okay
1: yes okay so all of that love that information wild right yeah and i think what i want you to hear from that eponine is the fact that this rejection is real and like the hurt that you're feeling is real um and you don't have to like dismiss it you don't have to say like i don't i'm so surprised by why i'm hurt i don't Mm -hmm. understand why i'm still hurt like this is real like you don't have to you don't have to make it small because there are because you Were rejected by this person. And there were all of these mixed signals and like all of this stuff. Like you don't have to do that for yourself. You can just sit in the pain that is this rejection and say like, this is real. I feel hurt. And that's hard for me as a head person to do that kind of stuff. And I can feel you, my friendly physics major, I can feel that you are also maybe a head person. (laughs) And so one of the ways that I would, I want you to sort of embrace this is to get out of your head and give yourself 12 reasons why your hurt doesn't matter why your feelings are, are shouldn't be this big and just let yourself feel the feelings like yeah you like this guy you you really wanted to be with him you wanted to make out with him and and go beyond cuddling and mm-hmm. you've been talking and you've been developing feelings for all this time and he said no like that is hard that is really challenging that is like a lot of hurt that can come up from that and so I don't My reaction whenever I feel big emotions like this is to think about them and to experience them through my thought patterns and say like, oh, here's why I'm feeling this way. Here's why I don't need to feel this way, blah, 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 blah. But that doesn't get rid of the the feeling. Mm. (laughs) And like sitting in the feeling is really what helps us. That's funny. And embracing the feeling and moving through it is really what helps us get over the feeling because running away from it means it's just always going to be behind you ready to get you right. at all times. Right.
0: I said that's funny, not because it's like haha funny, but because I'm a heart centered person, or like a feelings, uh, you know s- you know, servant nope. to my feelings <laughs> um, <laughs> that I actually love those, the, the information off of those studies about how how like not feelings based rejection pain can be, you know, that it's actually mm. like um, my brain (laughs) lying Mm -hmm. to me or whatever. I like it because it helps me make sense of my pain. And also for the people out there who I know have written in and been like, why do I feel so rejected by this person that I don't even like? Um, like you, Eponine said that you didn't even see a romantic compatibility with this person. You had like maybe a crush or an interest, but you intellectually were like, I don't see this. It surprised me that I was into them, you know? Um, for me, as a failing space person, that sort of pat, you know, understanding of my, I guess, brain pathways actually helps me speak sense into my illogical heart. I guess,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which mm-hmm. is the opposite of what you find out of it, which is just cool. It's just interesting how different everyone is, for sure. Um, but uh, Epanine, I I mentioned this earlier, but um, some you know. Some things that I would be saying to myself right now, if I was you to to like speak logic to my pain or like I guess to, it's a yes and situation because we can i i I also have to catch myself from being to what's the word that you use when we like use um use our enneagram or our, our attachment style as like a blanket statement to where we
1: oh, like we pathologize our.
0: Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, I don't. I. I I think that it's hard when we give advice. We kind of take different angles and we avenues that we are familiar with. But we're all so complicated as humans Mm -hmm. that we. It's always a yes and situation. It's always that we can. We can make space for this pain and acknowledge it and say that it's okay that I feel pain and that I feel, you know, pain from being rejected by this person, even though I wasn't sure if I wanted to be with them. It feels it's okay that I feel confusion, you know, make space over those feelings. And also Mm -hmm. while you're like snuggling with those feelings and telling them them that they're valid and that they're welcome, you can also say you can comfort your brain or your or your Your thought based center, or whatever, I guess that's another way to (laughs) call a brain. (laughs) I hate (laughs) hate myself today. Um, but anyway, you can just say to yourself, like, okay, my feelings are valid, and everyone has a right to reject, including me. Like, I know I've rejected other people, and so. Mm It's it's like a way to like level those feelings or like normalize it. You know, you're not a you're not a freak or you're not undesirable because because somebody um, turned down your romantic advances. That's like a normal part of life. Um, so it comforts me like when, when I bring myself back into those emotions to think like everybody has a right to do that, including me. And I know I've done it. I know I have rejected people. Another mm-hmm. thing, like I, I mentioned earlier. I would say over and over and over to myself, I don't have to prove anything to this person right now. I don't have to prove how desirable I am, how understanding I am, what a good friend I am. I don't have to prove, I don't have to make up anything because I didn't do anything wrong. I Mm -hmm. asked if I could kiss them, I asked for consent. They said no, and so I didn't. That sounds like a great, healthy human interaction to me. Unfortunately, Absolutely. 90% of all human interactions hurt like hell. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a little negative, but.
1: Yeah, no, you should make that one into an Instagram <laughs> thing and post that. It's like very, all our profound things about boundaries and love. It and all hurts. 90% Quote, of human interaction up. hurts. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, and like. I do want to call that out because like great job. Like, yeah, good job. You did a good job. No, seriously. Like, and you asked if you pushed him too much and he freaked out and it's like, all you did was ask for what you wanted and he said, no. And then you didn't do the thing. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. And I, I want to reiterate over and over. Like there's, there's nothing wrong with you in this situation, right? Yes. Like there's, there's nothing that you did wrong in this situation. You didn't, misread you didn't ask for too much you did like you are make. you are trying to make sense of a lot of mixed signals you are trying to make sense of um your own feelings and like what's going on with you and like that's confusing that's mm-hmm. challenging like there's nothing that you are doing wrong in this situation any other person in the situation would be responding in like similar ways mm-hmm. <laughs> right like i want you to to think and not think like, oh, I'm just so fucked up that I can't figure this out and like everyone else would. Like, this is a very confusing situation and there are so many different feelings and, and things involved in it. So like, there's, you're not doing anything wrong. I would say that you have a lot of what ifs in this or like, what should I do? You, you've laid out all of the options, which I appreciate. Um, and so there are a lot of different things that you could do in this situation. I think one of the things that I would do in this would be to have a really frank conversation with this person about your feelings and what you want from this relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. I would love to see you advocate for yourself in that way and be really explicit about how you're feeling and practice some of that vulnerability Um, and recognize the fact that like you might get rejected again. <laughs> right. Like this person might still be like might be like, I'm just not interested in this in this relationship or might give you a bunch of like wishy-washy answers as humans Mm. are want to do or you can take a step back from this relationship and say like this isn't working for me I need more space the space that you're already giving yourself right but I do think it needs to be sort of I'll say this the only way to get more clarity about how this person is feeling about you is to ask this person how you're feeling they're feeling about you and be really clear about how you're feeling about them yeah right that's the only way to get past this, like everything feels uncertain, everything feels unclear. Clarity is empowering. Absolutely. And so talk about those things and ask those questions. If you don't get answers that make things more clear, then there's not gonna be clarity there, (laughs) right? And you don't need clarity to be able to take a step back and say like, I need clarity in order to be in relationship with you. And the fact that there is none means that I can't be in this relationship with you.
0: Yeah, totally. It's funny, I in all of this, like daydreaming about this letter i I never imagined talking to this person (laughs) i never imagined being like so what's up like (laughs) you know Um, yeah honestly right (laughs) and maybe that's because and here's like a reveal of my deep wounds like Uh i don't i can't if this was me in my situation i don't know what the path would have to be to get me to be like, yeah, cool. We're friends. <laughs> like maybe because I'm like morbidly embarrassed or I feel that deep physical pain of rejection, you know, I guess this is all to say, like, not that that is like a, like a moral high ground at all. I don't think it is. I think it's like, mm-hmm. n- <laughs> I think it's like avoiding, you know, that deep vulnerability that you were talking about, you know? Yeah. Um, But I will say, I don't think there is anything wrong with taking some space or st- even stepping away from this friendship. Um, and I don't mean that to sound like heartless or anything. I obviously, if this is a deeply important friendship to you, then, then let's talk about that. But it's, it sounds like there this relationship was set up, was leading naturally towards the interaction that you two had and then naturally moving away from it. You know, like Mm -hmm. after the interaction that you two had, I don't think that I wouldn't expect this person to like FaceTime you in their underwear again, or else that would be very confusing as Sam said. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's a little bit more tricky than what I can get into in an hour and a half show in terms of, like, there is such thing as, like, intimacy of friendship, you know, like, Sam's seen me half naked a hundred times, you know, um, and I, I believe in that. But right now, like Sam says, your heart and your head need some clarity, and that clarity is either going to come from converse, further conversation, space, or both. Mm-hmm. Does that all mix? sense? Did I... That makes sense. <laughs> okay. That all makes
1: sense. Yes, that absolutely makes sense. Um, I also like I'm not super sold on this person for you, Eponine, to be totally yeah, honest. Like me I neither. want you to, I want you to like find someone that is like near you, is available, wants to actively be with you, because that's what you deserve, right? And it sounds like you've had a sort of string of people who have um not treated you really well. And it feels like this is like another. Not on that string. Yeah, I totally right? agree. Yeah, like uh, sort of somebody who you're not sure if you like, but then they kind of show interest and then you're like, ooh, let's do this. And then they reject you and then you're like, well, well how, how do I feel about this, right? Like there exists love in this world that is not gonna make you work this hard and you deserve that, right? Yes. You deserve someone who wants to be all in with you and wants to be present with you in this. And I don't know if it's this this person, but if it is then you need to have a frank yeah. conversation about the yeah. <laughs> what you're both feeling and whether or not you both want to be in yeah. this relationship. And if the answer is still uh, nah, nah, I don't know. <laughs> uh uh-uh. Leave that behind. Um, you don't you don't need that in your life. I want to make a need... ringtone out of that. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve someone who wants to be actively in relationship with you and that person exists. I know yeah. it might not feel like it right now because of like the string of bad Things that have happened to you. And I'm not yeah. trying to be toxically positive on you. I'm trying to be like realist. Yeah. There are, there's going to be other people in this world that are going to make you work less hard for their love and affection. Yes. And I, and you deserve that. You deserve yes. that more than this wishy washy lack of clarity that you're currently engaging in.
0: And let me say one more little thing as your little queer fairy godmother. You deserve to be all into a relationship too, because I read that in your mm, letter yeah. of like this, mm-hmm this willing to tiptoe around the edges for either friendship or not to get hurt or whatever, but like find yourself that you want to go all in with somebody that you want to go all in with and who wants to go all in with you too. Um, You deserve that. And that's all I'm going (laughs) to say. Love it. Evanine. We obviously love you so much. Uh, We hope that this
1: helps. Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing.
0: All right. Our final letter comes from Kristen, who is writing to us from Philadelphia. Hello, I'm a new fan of your podcast, and I could not wait to submit a question. You are both a pleasure to listen to, so thoughtful and well-articulated. Oh, my God, that's hysterical. <laughs> you have not listened Maybe to not enough, Kristen. <laughs> so thank you in advance for that. side note. I love your title, Just Break Up. I have heard this thought cross my mind one too many times <laughs> when attempting to give relationship advice to others. Um, that's hysterical because I get such mixed reviews on our no, I get mostly negative reviews on our name.
1: <laughs> yeah, mostly negative. I would say people are like, and then I recommend it to my friend, and they're like, yeah,
0: or people are like, I don't really want to buy merch with just break up on it.
1: <laughs> oh, I do. I know. Well, <laughs> walk around in that. I'm okay, like, are you looking? Are you looking? <laughs>
0: I'm a 30-year-old straight female, and within the last few years, I've given dating a lot of thought. In my 20s, I was in a loving six-year relationship that eventually became an engagement, think white picket fence American dream kind of thing, that I suddenly broke off because I was feeling less and less aligned. This was a very difficult to do, and I've often questioned if it was the right decision, but it was a time of totally trusting my intuition, and I'm so grateful for trusting that process. Following that breakup, I quickly got into a very toxic relationship with a bar regular i've known for some time <laughs> that paints such a vivid picture for me
1: <laughs> it does it does
0: the next two years uh, were spent on and off with this guy with constant questioning of my own sanity i like to think of myself as very self-aware and intuitive and it's still a bit disappointing to look back on this time of being manipulated and dwindled down especially after that big step i made for, for my own path within leaving the healthy relationship prior. To make a long story a bit shorter, I eventually moved to the city seeking challenge and vulnerability in an attempt to climb out of what was becoming a sedentary rut. And I'm pleased to say that the toxic relationship ended for good, although we did give it another go after I'd moved (laughs) facepalm. My very frustrated friends suffered through (laughs) through this off and on relationship with me, and it was with the help of their love and support that I was able to rebuild my confidence and feeling of self-worth. Mm. Fast forward two years later, and I'm now the single powerhouse, love and life, all I need is me, don't need no kind of man, lady. I've always dreamed of becoming, and I'm loving it. After an immense amount of inner work, personal challenge, and reflection, I'd reached a level of self-love and support that I'd previously thought unreachable. Quarantine happened, and living alone, I began therapy, journaling like crazy, and rekindled my love for yoga, meditation, and running. That is a different quarantine experience than what I did.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's how mine started.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, April last year was like very healthy (laughs) and then downhill. Uh All right. So this past September, I turned 30. Everything felt so aligned and I could finally confidently and comfortably say that I was ready to date again, like clockwork, almost as if he dropped out of the thin air, a man showed up. Don't trust that man.
1: Mm-mm. They He's come obviously, out of thin hair?
0: Yeah, that's like it's some little stilt skin sort of scary <laughs> yeah. shit. I'm trying to steal your firstborn child. All right. <laughs> when I tell you the universe works in eye-opening ways, y'all, I had planned a camping trip for a socially distanced musical, fe- musical festival. <laughs> Music festival. I would
1: <laughs> so go to a musical festival, though.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. What would it be? Just like uh, improv musical uh, there would theater be like, nerds like us? No,
1: I, yeah, I feel like there would be like multiple Broadway shows happening <laughs> on different stages and you would like You could walk, walk from Hamilton
0: them. to the Phantom of the Opera to Rent. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, I could like leave the part of Rent that gets so like moody and then like go over to, all right. Okay. Anyway. Uh-huh. For sure. <laughs> okay. So to this trip, um... Uh, a friend bailed last minute, leaving an extra ticket. And the day of the departure, a guy I had met 13 years ago and I always had this vague infatuation with, uh, commented on the blue out of the blue on an Instagram post of mine. I decided to invite him to the festival on a whim. We spoke a bit further through DMs, and he wound up taking me up on the offer. Holy smokes! The trip suddenly got much more interesting. Mm. Wiggly eyebrows. Uh I I added that for dramatic effect. (laughs) The few days camping felt like a dream. We reconnected and became somewhat infatuated very quickly. I invited him into my tent after quite a few beers, don't judge me, the first night. And by night two, we were holding hands, swapping stories, and laughing like newlyweds. I remember feeling surprised at how easily it was coming to me sentimental physical touch has always been something that I warm slowly to, but with him, I felt immediately at ease. I texted my friends that weekend to quickly say, guys, I met my husband. Can't wait for you to meet him. Day three, we had to leave and I felt a sadness. I was trying to ignore the days prior finally wash over me, anticipating never hearing from or seeing him again. He lives two hours away from me. When I got into the car, I turned to my brother and said that that's someone I would a hundred percent want to date. Words I have never confidently said ever. Much to my satisfaction, we wound up texting a bit after and made new spontaneous plans to travel to New Hampshire the following weekend. After that weekend, we were a couple. Like its beginning, the relationship moved alarmingly fast. At first it felt good. I was sure in my head that this was the man I was going to marry, that he was sent from the universe because I had demonstrated that I was finally ready for him. Everything mm. seemed like a fantasy, and though it moved quickly, I was reveling every second reveling in every second of it. Which made it very easy for me to turn a blind eye to the quickly emerging red flags. Doesn't it always happen like that, Sam? Yeah. <laughs> Within the first week of hanging out, I noticed a sight of him that immediately made me feel uneasy. He was very easily and quickly picked apart things that I would say or had done. We had gotten into a bit of an argument the weekend we went to New Hampshire, and the following week, an even bigger issue came up, both times involving his questioning my worthiness. Y'all, this Mm. guy even talked me out of going to therapy. In one of my last sessions with my therapist, I remember telling him about the issues that were coming up so quickly and voicing my biggest concern. Is this new guy similar to the toxic guy from my past, but better at hiding it? My intuition was immediately telling me that this was not right, but the hopeful and optimistic side of me told me to let it go and work harder. A guy does not just drop out of the sky like this to be ignored, right? Four months later, this past January, after becoming quickly more toxic and resulting in tears and fights at least once a week, the relationship ended. I was absolutely devastated for the few days, af- but after I allowed those feelings of sadness and loss to wash over me, I was able to see clearly again. In reflection, even scrolling through some of the photos on my phone from that time, I can literally feel the tightness, anxiety, and sticky, thick air icky feeling I felt each day while in that fog. That is so fucking relatable to me. Mm. <laughs> Everything I had worked towards, both self-worth and respect, etc. I so quickly tossed out of the window, allowing myself to be sucked back into this quicksand of, am I good enough for him yet? I remember sitting down with him one night to talk about my ongoing feelings of dread and telling him, quote, I feel like my light has been dimmed, a truly sad and accurate description. We were both fairly intuitive partners, willing to openly communicate about what we felt. Those feelings just so clearly did not align. In the weeks post-breakup, regaining my composure and strength while journaling one night, I found I was slash and am heartbroken in my ability and willingness to so quickly trample over the relationship I had built with myself over the years in exchange for one with another. While I cannot change or ever fully understand others' actions or motives, I can reflect on my own. And that is where the true devastation for me lies. So after this long-winded story, I give you my question. For those of us who are self-aware individuals, and really do or have put in work into building ourselves up and creating a strong sense of self-worth and love for ourselves. Why is it so eerily easy to so quickly throw it away? Any elaboration on similar experiences or your general thoughts are much appreciated. Peace and love, Kristen. All right, Kristen, I'm so sorry that this happened for you. I love this letter. I don't love that this happened to you, but... Some of the things you shared in it to me are like so relatable <laughs> and so well put. Um, the sensation of like looking at your past photos and feeling feeling a- like the fog, really, like sometimes re- certain relationships take over. They take over mm-hmm. all, all of our functioning, right? Um, and And also your final question, which I know a lot of people are going to relate to, like how how do i abandon myself so quickly like where does my self love go mm-hmm. i think that's something that i that i struggle with daily you know
1: yeah for sure i mean that's um that's a really challenging thing to realize is that like uh the self love work that we do is like a constant process you're never yeah. you're never arrived it's never like oh and now this is just easy right yeah. now this is just like the way that i operate in the world yeah um because like there are a lot of things working against us when it comes to our own self-love and self self-appreciation right like first of all brain chemicals <laughs> like when you meet someone and it's <gasps> like a magical weirdly moment sciency, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right i'm so inspired by characteristically science yeah. i should say <laughs> um no like your brain is literally flooded with chemicals like when you meet someone that you're attracted to, like it's the, it's designed to do that. And so it makes it really easy for us to, to ignore bad things that are happening to us because our brain is full of happy chemicals. Mm-hmm. So like, don't, don't knock yourself for being so infatuated with this person because like literally your brain can't do anything else besides that. Mm-hmm. Like it literally is like releasing things into your bloodstream so that you feel good and excited about this person. Right. Right. And secondly, we live in this awful system of capitalism and cis heteropatriarchy and and white supremacy that is designed to teach us that we're worthless, so that we buy more things to make up that worth, right? Like that it is. We are born into it. We breathe it every single day. It is taught to us. It is reinforced over and over and over again that we are not worthy. And mm-hmm. the only thing way that we can be worthy is by buying more things and treating people poorly. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that is it. So yeah, of course, of course you're struggling because, like, the there's a reason we call it radical self-love, because it is a mm. radical point of view, right? Like it is so contrary to. So the things around us and the things that our brain tells us to do that it's radical. It is like right. living out in the middle of nowhere, like outside of everything. yeah. And so like, yeah, it's hard to do. And yeah, sometimes the the pull of the society we live in and the way that our brain talks to us pulls us back, right? Yeah. Like that it's completely understandable that that happens. and there it's a good reminder for us to remember that at no point, are we arrived, right? Like at no point, are we just like ready to sit on our laurels and just like be confident in the fact that we're going to be, we're going to practice this self-love because there's so many things that are driving us to, to treat ourselves differently.
0: Yeah. I I love that. And this is something that I I have been reflecting on in my own life a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. I still, to this day, think about, a handful of episodes ago, you brought up the idea that like your parents are parenting or were parenting adult children for the first time, <laughs> you know, that that, that mm-hmm. it was their it's their first time <laughs> doing this, too. I have thought about that like right. fucking nonstop um, since you said that uh, and just sort of reflecting on the idea that, you know, my father's journey is his first journey. You know, my mother's journey is her first journey, you know, um, and mine too. This is, this is my first time being 34. You know, this is my first time experiencing X, Y, and Z and I'm doing good. Right. But we love to, we love to feel inadequate. And unfortunately Mm -hmm. the thing about your letter, Kristen, is that at least this is what I've been like meditating on in my life is that I think this, this feeling of like, disappointment in yourself um, or how about this, this, this pondering of why, how we are so able to abandon our growth or our, or our our self-love or whatever. I think that the, these types of challenges like this D bag that you dated, (laughs) these types of challenges (laughs) are life. Like this is part of life. And similarly echoing what Sam said, I don't know if there is a state of mental awareness or healing or, or a level of self-love and appreciation that we can reach that will protect us from life's challenges and mm-hmm. um, protect us from the things that challenge us. You know, I think about conflict and how like conflict makes me deeply anxious you know um Mm -hmm. i just want people to like me i i that is a move i have been doing since childhood you know and you uh, my my father speaks about it as well he he talks about how he had to kind of learn how to stand up for himself or or whatever and now Mm -hmm. he does it freely but do you think it's easy for him Right. No, it's not. He still has to choose (laughs) to do that. He still has to. Yes, things get more comfortable with time, but it's still going against our. Our our childhood education, you know, of of conflict Mm -hmm. or or whatever. Um, And I, I don't mean to sound nihilistic, like I do think life. Um, the things that challenge us become less challenging over time because they become more familiar as we um, approach them more, as we mm-hmm. experience them more, you know. But I I have been thinking, I've been like really meditating on the fact that I I always feel incomplete. I always feel unfinished. I always feel mm-hmm. like, oh, man, well, one day, one day I'll meditate enough and I will eat well <laughs> enough and I will... I will have boundaries enough that I will feel complete. Um, And I don't think that's ever going to (laughs) happen. So I think part of this radical love that Sam is talking about isn't just saying I deserve boundaries. I deserve love. I love myself. It's not just saying that. It's not just treating yourself with, um, it's not just being able to like, not fall for beautiful assholes, you know, who are romantic and good and stilt
1: Rumpelstiltskins, if you will. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> it's not just being able to defend ourselves, but it's being able to be compassionate for ourselves when we are nothing but human. I'm not saying Absolutely. this isn't frustrating, Kristen. Like, I have been there, girl, like I was thirty in an abusive relationship, thinking, What the fuck? How the fuck did I get here again? <laughs> uh-huh. you know, like it was it was the most one of the most unsettling things I've gone through, particularly because I thought I had already g- been there, done that, never gonna do that again ha ha ha, mm-hmm. you idiot me, <laughs> you know I thought i I couldn't believe I got myself in that situation again, so i it's not that it's not frustrating, but I think the let's shift it away from how do i love and respect myself so much that this never happens but instead to how do i accept myself right now who i am how did i mm-hmm. get to where i am mm-hmm. right now how did i so- survive how did i thrive and how did i maybe disappoint myself and that it's it's okay to be it's okay to be disappointed it's okay to be frustrated but what is this i wonder if it's not just radical love but radical acceptance how can you accept yourself right now as who you are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And love the person that you were in that relationship. Yes. Right? Like that person that was... mm -hmm, That person that was hurting and that person who was, who you know was in a really hard place of feeling anxiety, feeling that icky, sticky feeling. How do you love that person still? And say like, Mm. how do you treat that person with compassion instead of saying, wow, you should have known better. Wow. Like if you were, if that person were a friend, would you say like, wow, you really should have known better? No, you would say like, oh my God, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I'm so sorry that you were in that situation. Like that person really treated you poorly and I'm so glad that you're out of it. Right. Mm. And how can you express that same amount of love and compassion for, for the person who you were in that relationship, that person who you are, that is, that gets into relationships like that. Mm. Um, Like that's.
0: I have never thought about that. that. About.
1: That's. Shifting
0: shame to, to like love. I literally have never thought like, I still to this day, dislike the person I was in that relationship I was talking about. Um, Mm -hmm. and I have never thought about, um, loving her. Uh, I gotta like change the subject (laughs) because that like makes me so emotional and I won't Mm. be able to finish this episode if I like (laughs) open that can of worms.
1: Okay. We'll move on. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, but, but think about that one, Kristen. Um, <laughs> and I'll also say, too, like the. I do think that we talked about this in the last episode, too, but like. There is no point at which you get the thing that you deserve, right? Mm. Like you there is no point at which you like have done enough of the self-care work and built enough of relationship that like the universe will then provide you with the thing that you want. Right. Like that's not how mm-hmm. it works. Totally. And I think that's how it's been fed to us. Right. By saying like meditate enough times buy this app and this book and watch this video and suddenly good things will come to you you will Mm -hmm. manifest good things in your life but that's not the reality of it and so i don't want you to see the self-work that you've done as a failure because a man came into your life and took advantage of you Mm -hmm. right like that's not it it wasn't a failure because it's not it's not a thing that gets you other things right Mm. like it is it is a process, it is, it is a journey, it is like a living in that we do. And the things that happen to us outside of that aren't because we like willed them into existence and or like you didn't call this man I mean you did literally like invite this man to the thing with you. But but like it's not like you put what, don't you this have to say Rumble, Rumble the- Silkins' <laughs> name?
0: Oh no, that's how you like Get your baby back from him. Never mind. Keep yes, going. Yes,
1: <laughs> exactly. Yep.
0: It's not like Bloody Mary in the mirror. <laughs> you don't just <have> say <laughs> no.
1: But you didn't. That is again the dark side of this like self love thing where you like manifest things into being. The dark side then is that we assume that when bad things happen to us, we've manifested yes. them into being, and that's yes. not true. That is not true. You didn't cause your cancer by like not being healthy enough, right? right. Like you did not. You didn't bring this man into your life because you weren't in love with yourself enough, right. right? Like this man just came into your love or into your life. And to be clear, you have the tools and resources to look back on that and say, wow, I yeah, didn't like Yeah, it took you like a couple that. days.
0: I, That's beautiful. Right?
1: Yeah, to be like, this man treated me poorly to, yeah. to sort of step outside and say like, no, I can see that this isn't about my worth. It's about this man who didn't see my worth, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that is... Again, we talked about this last week, but I just I get so frustrated with it that this idea of like you do the self love to get the thing. It's like no, you just do the self love. Like that's it,
0: right? Because the self love makes the hard, inevitable things of life a little bit easier. Not even easier. (laughs) Like not even wholly easier. (laughs) It's that it is it is the cushion uh, on which you fall back on when life Mm -hmm. is challenging. Right when people. When people question or overstep your boundaries, your self-love is what you can fall back on maybe right away, but maybe after they've already stepped over your boundaries. Like that is. Yeah. We are all doing this for the first time. So we how can you expect to be perfect every time, no matter mm-hmm. how deep that well of resilience is, no matter how deep that well of self-love is? Um right. Be easy on yourself. You're doing so fucking good.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: All right, Kristen, we hope that this helps. Um, I hope that you feel heard and validated and thank you.
1: Thank you so much. We love you.
0: We love you. All right. This brings us to the blind date segment of the episode. Every show we want to shout out something to send you home with. I got to thank Sam really quickly because when I was out on my leave because I got surgery, um, (laughs) Sam did fucking like four blind dates in a row. Um, And it's kind of hard to come up with things. Like last week, my blind date was like making plans. Okay. And next week, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like salt or something. So I just have to thank Sam for coming up with like four in a row. Um, And this week he's gonna do it again what's your blind date sam um
1: this is actually peter's idea too so Uh i love peter so much because like but when he knows i'm recording he's like what's your blind date and i'm like i don't know and then he lists like eight things and i'm like no to eight of them but (laughs) (laughs) sometimes i say yes so this is from him which is actually the npr book concierge oh so NPR, National Public Radio, has, like, their best books of the year list that they always put together. It's, like, hundreds and hundreds of books. Um, and what I like about it is that it's, like, not just the book reviewers who do it, but, like, staff and or, like, reporters, hosts. Like, people just, like, put together a list of books that they've le- read this year and really like. But what's great about it is that um, you can go to their website and you can, like, pick different, not just genres, but, mm. like, different things of, like... Um, you know, the dark side. So, like, I want a book that's kind of, like, dark and moody. Um, or, like, you can pick sci-fi. You can be, like, uh, written by a female author. Like, all of these different, like, criteria. And then they'll just be, like, here are five books that are that you might want to read. Um, and it's really helpful for me as someone who reads a lot and, like, is constantly running out of books mm-hmm. um, to, like, have this list and it goes back until like I think 2013 so there's like seven years of hundreds of books that have come out in the past seven years Um, and you can like filter by what you what you like what you're interested in Um, and it's brought me a lot of books that like are sort of known because people are like really critically acclaiming them and they're like they won the man booker award or whatever but then also like a bunch of books that I would never have discovered if it weren't for me like clicking on sci-fi fantasy, right? LGBTQ. And then like suddenly it's like, oh, here's this book about a trans Bruhex uh who is like falls in love with a ghost. Like it's like oh, I never would have thought to read this. No one would ever recommend this to me. And also, this is a great book.
0: Oh my God, fascinating. Uh, I want to hear about that book off air.
1: Yeah. Uh it's called Cemetery Boys. It's very good. Uh So yeah, NPR book concierge, just Google it and it will come up and it's a great tool to find new books to read. That's
0: a great blind date. All right.
1: All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this very long episode.
0: It's a normal length (laughs) episode.
1: Uh, you can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JustBreakUpPod. You can
0: slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your all your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise and our Patreon.
1: That's right. Uh, please hit that subscribe button and so that you can get a new episode every Monday exclusively on Spotify and consider supporting us on Patreon. Like we said at the beginning of this episode, if you support us on Patreon for as little as five dollars a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode. If you support us at ten, you'll get a video of it. Yeah, you which can see our is,
0: see our dirty mugs.
1: We <laughs> are actively like both showering. like our faces, but also yeah. the
0: coffee that we drink out of every time we record.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, we are showering and making ourselves pretty just for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm
0: little... like on day three, four, no shower right now. So good thing this doesn't have a video. But anyway.
1: This literally helps us keep the mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers, giving them relationship advice.
0: Original music recording, editing, producing by our magical friend, Spencer, who?
1: Worth Davis.
0: <laughs> I don't know if he wants his whole name so he can decide whether or not he wants to cut Didn't he that. say he wanted his whole name? He said he wanted his real name. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. You could just like... Okay, you can use either of these. Spencer Worth Davis. (laughs) (laughs) Who, sadly, for everyone in the world, especially conspiracy theorists, are... Uh, is no longer doing um new episodes of his podcast the what if podcast you can still check it out you can still listen to all the back episodes you can also still support them on patreon or grab some of their merch before their last episode um so we want to say a loving farewell farewell to our podcast sibling the what if pod um and say thank you and congrats to spencer for for making another successful, wonderful podcast in addition to Just Break Up and for all the work and labor that you do for us as producer, manager, friend, etc. We love you. And remember, you are enough. You were enough even when you hated yourself, even when you betrayed yourself, even when you hurt others or maybe weren't proud of your behaviors. We are all becoming. We are all doing this for the first time. Practice leaning into that radical acceptance. Accept yourself as you were, as you are, and as you will be. And if all else fails.
1: Just break up.